On August 20th, 1966, the bodies of two men wearing lead masks were found on the Morro de Vintem in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Their deaths remain a mystery and have spawned numerous conspiracy theories. Were their deaths accidental or were they killed by extraterrestrials? Today, we'll discuss who these men were, the facts that we know about the case, and some of the most outlandish theories about their deaths. Listen and tell us which theory you subscribe to on this episode of Technically a Conversation. you're listening to Technically a Conversation, a podcast where we share an interesting topic or story with each other and hope you find it interesting as well. I'm one half of your host, Jose, and I'm joined today by my lovely co-host, Elena. How are you doing today? Fabulous. How are you? I'm doing good also, thank you. Just had to replace my water heater, literally, just before we started recording, so dropping a ton of money on shit like that is always fun. Yeah, I can relate. I just had my water heater replaced. I also had to replace my dryer to dry my clothes. And my cat had surgery. All fun things to pay for. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's a fun part of growing up. Yeah. Thankfully, the Walmart near me has ramen and all the flavors. That's awesome. Have you been able to find the... um, I had sent you like a really weird one recently, like s'mores or something. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I remember seeing that. Uh, I don't remember if it was s'mores, but it was some sweet one. Yeah. And it didn't look good. But you don't have it at your local Walmart. I haven't looked. Oh, okay. (laughs) So you don't have all the flavors as far as you know. I haven't looked, but, um, you know, normally when I eat, I don't like to be grossed out. So (laughs) (laughs) I don't blame you. Me neither. (laughs) It's just a pro tip. If you're going to eat, try and eat things that won't gross you out. Touche. We're recording this episode right after Mother's Day. Did you have a good Mother's Day weekend? I did. Uh, We celebrated it here at my house. We grilled, which is always great because I love the meats. But I had just gone off of uh, being on night shift, so I did take a little bit of a nap while you guys were here. I apologize, but I just, I can't help it. Yeah, no, I... I assume working nights sucks, so I don't blame you. I actually prefer it, but it is hard on my on my body for sure. You're also recording with a sexy new mic, so I'm excited to hear how that's going to sound. Me too. I've been excited to use the my new mic and headphones. Yes, although I won't be able to tell how your headphones sound. Oh, well, I can let you know right now that they're sounding pretty great. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Enough fucking around, Elena. Ready to get started? Ready. Great. Let's get started. Elena, have you ever flown a kite before? Yes. While flying your kite, did you ever discover something terrifying and heart-stopping? Never. Okay, so let's take the kite flying out of the equation. While hiking or walking, did you ever discover anything that made your blood turn cold or send chills down your spine? I can barely even walk. Just kidding. <laughs> I went and I never go hiking, so. Oh, and, and I say that because I have a sprained ankle, so it's not one of my favorite things to do. And you, you've had a sprained ankle all of your life, right? Yeah, pretty much. That That's how clumsy I am. <laughs> okay, so today we're going to talk about a young man 
that discovered more than he bargained for while flying his kite and has remained an unsolved mystery for more than 50 years. Oh, wow. The following is from an All That's Interesting article by Kalina Fraga. Link to this and all of our sources will be in the show notes. On August 20th, 1966, Jorge da Costa Alves, a young man from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, decided to go fly his kite in the Moro de Vintem. While flying his kite, living his best life, he made a gruesome discovery. There in the weeds in front of him lay the bodies of two men. The police were called and began investigating the scene and made some strange discoveries. Both men were wearing raincoats over their formal suits with crudely cut homemade lead masks over their eyes. Besides the bodies were an empty water bottle, some towels, and some cash. Even stranger was a note in one of the dead man's pockets that read, 1630, be at a greed place. 1830, swallow capsules. After effect, protect metals, wait for mask signal. Who were these men, and what were they doing on that hill? What capsules were they supposed to take? Why were they wearing lead masks over their eyes? How did these men die? Was it UFOs or extraterrestrials? Let's see how many of these questions we're able to answer. But first, are you familiar with the Brazilian lead masks case? No, I've never heard of it, and it sounds really interesting already. Cool. What are your thoughts so far with just a little teaser that you heard? Oh, well, I love a great mystery, so I'm excited to hear the rest. It's kind of creepy, huh? Very creepy. I'm wondering if it was the red pill or the blue pill from The Matrix. That is an excellent question. Unfortunately, (laughs) I will not be able to answer that question. That's okay. We can speculate. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to do a little bit of explaining what we've covered so far. Moro de Vintem is the name of a hill where the men were found. Moro literally means hill in Portuguese. For the times given, 1630 and 1830 would translate to 4.30 p.m. and 6.30 p.m. respectively. Let's go back to the details of this case and see what the investigators were able to uncover about our ill-fated protagonists. Police were able to identify both men as 32-year-old Manuel Pereira da Cruz and 34-year-old Miguel Jose Viana. Both men were electronic repairmen from Campos dos Goitacases, <laughs> which was about 175 miles or 281 kilometers from where their bodies were found. So is that Portuguese or Italiano? <laughs> uh, that's Portuguese. Okay, the, just your little accent there. I wasn't sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like to put a lot of mustard in the way that I say certain things. Yeah, I know. Just busting your chops. Plus, when you're saying Campos dos Goitacases, how can you not say it with such vigor? I, how can you not? <laughs> <laughs> so now that the Popo knew their identities, they attempted to retrace their steps and see if they can figure out what the hell both men were doing on Moro de Vintem, so far away from where they lived. That's a good three and a half to four hours away by bus. Why bus, you ask? Excellent question, Elena. Because both men had told their families on the morning of August 17th that they were going to Sao Paulo to buy equipment and a car, but boarded a bus for Niteroi instead. The men arrived at Niteroi around 2 p.m. and bought identical raincoats at a local store and a bottle of mineral water. Gotta love that mineral water. Yeah. I wonder <laughs> if it was uh, Topo Chico or what's it called? Topoyillo or... Topoyillo? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not the name, but sure, we'll we'll go with that. El Topo Chico. El Topollillo. There you go. (laughs) 
So the bottle of mineral water um, would explain the empty water bottle that was found near the bodies. The odd thing is that the men held on to the receipts, suggesting that they intended to return the bottle for a refund of their deposit fee. I guess it's kind of like how in Juarez, when you buy a soda, you have to return the bottle or they'll pour the soda in a bag for you with a straw if you don't want to be bothered with returning the bottle. I don't know if they still do that, but do you remember that shit? I do remember that shit. It's kind of like uh, when they would give you a goldfish in a little plastic bag, but they put the soda in a plastic bag. <laughs> yeah. And then they tie a little straw around it and you're like, what the? But yeah, I mean, that's kind of what came to mind when you said that. Yeah, when you buy the goldfish, they also put a straw in case you want to drink some of the goldfish water. Guacala. <laughs> Fishy soup. But yeah, I have fond memories of being in Juarez and you would buy your sabritones or your pizzarolas and you get your tip de manzana poured in a bag with your straw and a goldfish on the bottom. Oh, yeah, I remember that, too. <laughs> Minus the goldfish. <laughs> you know what, though? I do applaud them for thinking about the environment and wanting to return the bottle. Oh, heck yeah. Third world, third world issues. No, is that? Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. I think you're thinking of first world problems. Yeah, first world problems, but over there it's third world problems. And they're not called third worlds anymore. They're called developing nations. Oh, perdón. I am not... Uh, <laughs> Up with that lingo, I guess. The woman that sold Miguel and Manuel the water bottle stated that Miguel seemed nervous and kept checking his watch. This was the last time that both men were seen alive. According to a Today I Found Out article by Melissa Blevins, a few other strange items were found next to the bodies. Along with the receipt of the water bottle, there was also a receipt for the raincoats, two wet towels, and a notebook with various notations. We'll get back to the notebook later. Though the note that was found with the bodies said to ingest the capsules, there were no capsules found with the bodies. One might assume that the lack of capsules would suggest the men took the capsules, but a toxicology test was not done on the bodies, so it's unknown what they in fact ingested. Why not? Excellent question. According to the casual criminalist, reports from that time stated that the coroner didn't do a toxicology report because, quote, he had better things to do with his life. No, just kidding. Almost. <laughs> oh, shit. Quote, he was just too busy to bother. Oh, perdón. Apparently, solving a crime where two men died and nobody knows how they died is uh, not a priority. <laughs> I guess not. Remind me not to die in that city or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll remind you. <laughs> All right. Next time you come to me telling me that you're going to die, I'll remind you not to die there. <laughs> Yes. Reportedly, the bodies were exhumed several years later to attempt to do a toxicology report, but by that point, the bodies were too decomposed to be able to test. The cause of death, however, was determined to be cardiac failure. Hmm, interesting. During the investigation, the police spoke with Elcio Gomez, a friend of Miguel and Manuel, who told them they were all part of a group of scientific spiritualists, comprised mainly of electronic specialists in the area who all conducted a bunch of experiments. One example Elcio gave was that two months before Miguel and Manuel died, the three of them had built some type of device in Manuel's garden in an attempt to contact Mars, you know, as one does on a lazy Sunday afternoon. I mean, that's what I do all the time, you know, when I'm, I have nothing better to do with my life. I contact Mars. Who doesn't, right? <laughs> 
As you might have correctly predicted, they were unsuccessful and the device exploded. This just keeps getting weirder, right? Very. Manuel's father corroborated the event and chimed in with details of another event that was described as being even more spectacular. All right. On June 13th, 1966, numerous witnesses reported an explosion in Espiritu Santo, which is a beach north of Rio de Janeiro. Que religiosos. <laughs> right? Yeah. I love these names. Yes. <laughs> Espiritu Santo literally translates to Holy Spirit. Yes. This explosion was so powerful that it rocked buildings as far as nine miles or 15 kilometers away. Oh, wow. Honestly, I would have paid to see an explosion that powerful. Paid? I'm an idiot. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait, paid? <laughs> yes. You know, when they knocked down the city hall here in our city, you could have seen something pretty, pretty badass. I have it recorded because I went. I don't know why I didn't go, but I should have gone. It was the coolest thing I think I've ever witnessed. We took Adan, who was, God, I don't know, maybe three years old, four, something. Super young. Made Antonio wake up early. I said, let's go. So once in a lifetime thing. We saw it blow up. It was like the coolest thing ever. And I have video of it on my phone. That's super cool. Was the explosion so spectacular that it blew all your hair back? Like those uh, Maxell commercials where he puts on the tape and then the sound of the speakers blows the hair back? No, I wish. <laughs> no, they, they kept us pretty far back. So we didn't even like feel it. But I mean, it was still pretty spectacular. No, it does definitely sound spectacular. That was cool. You know what it reminded me of? I don't know if you remember. You might have been too young. But I must have been maybe like 10 years old or something. And my cousin Aaron and I had discovered our other cousin's Kiki's bicycle. Do you remember that? Oh, yes. Oh, my God. When you guys <laughs> blew it up with the the tire thingy. What's it called? Yeah, the bicycle pump. Yeah. So he had a spare inner tube and the bicycle pump also. So we were bored and we started inflating and deflating the inner tube. Of course, I'm always like Icarus flying too close to the sun. And I inflated it so much that, that the tube exploded. <laughs> to my little kid mind, I felt like it shaked the walls and windows from how loud it was. And of course, all the parents ran into the room wondering what the hell had happened. I know, mijo, que hiciste? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the best part is we were just standing in a haze of powder because I guess they put some type of powder in the inner tubes to keep them from sticking. Yeah. And I have no idea what happened after that. So I think I must have repressed <laughs> the punishment that I received. I'm pretty sure you got a pretty good ass whooping. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Cuando no. No, just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, when I heard that, the spectacular explosion, that's the memory that jogged in my mind. Spectacular tire explosion. <laughs> in Juarez. Not to be confused with the Portuguese. <laughs> I can't believe you remember that. Like, you must have been five. You were really young. I think I just heard the story enough times that it's probably like a false memory or something. <laughs> yeah, it's one of my proudest moments, I feel. I'm sure. <laughs> I still remember when you guys would um, get those little berries from the, the trees and throw them at the cars. That I remember. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were fucking assholes. We would fill up water balloons and throw them at the cars as they were driving by. <laughs> you know what? Nah, compared to what kids are doing nowadays, that's just kid stuff, man. At least we're not throwing rocks at through windshields and killing people. No, at least you're not grabbing a gun and shooting people. Man, 
I don't even know where these kids are getting guns, but yeah, it's it's terrible. I would rather have berries thrown at me anytime, any day compared to a bullet. The worst thing is that most of these kids are buying the guns legally. After every mass shooting, the gun was purchased legally. Yeah, exactly, right? I don't know how they purchased it legally. I mean, it must have been a parent or somebody that was an adult, but just the way its phrase sounds very irresponsible and wrong. I don't know. The part that pisses me off and really upsets me is that these assholes are saying, oh, we need to ban transgender people. We need to ban books to protect our kids. But whenever there's a mass shooting, they can't even mention it being a gun. Like they don't even mention that. That's really what needs to be banned in order to protect our kids. But I don't know. I'm just a liberal, I guess. True, true. Anyway, we went off on a total tangent. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. (laughs) I know. I I was the one. (laughs) (laughs) Back to the story. So local fishermen witnessed the event, and according to Manuel's dad, they reported that a flying saucer was seen to fall into the sea. Elcio provided some more context and stated that members of the spiritual group had met with the UFO, and after it visited them for about five minutes, it left with a blinding flash and large explosion. So that was the cause of the explosion that Manuel's father recalled, according to Elcio. Okay, well, this is kind of giving me a little bit of Scientology vibes. Are they related at all? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Not as far as I know. Okay. Or at least there was no mention of a John Travolta or Tom Cruise in this article. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. The police, as you might have predicted, didn't seem too convinced about the supernatural theories and continued looking around Miguel's workshop. Before we discuss what the police found... What are your thoughts? I think I already interjected with my thoughts. It sounds kind of a Scientology-ish. <laughs> um, just waiting for uh, Tom Cruise to show up like in... Um... Like on the Oprah show, jumping on the sofa? Well, no, I was going to say holding onto a car and jumping off a fucking bridge or something. <laughs> Pulling some, uh, what is it, Mission Impossible or whatever? During the Great Blast. <laughs> He's jumping off during the Great Blast to get away from it. I don't know. Well, we'll discuss what the investigators found and see if you were right after we return from this quick commercial break. Prepare to enter an immersive world of tragedies, hauntings, legends, and folklore. Southern Gothic is a podcast that will take you deep into the dark history and haunted lore of the American South, exploring some of the region's most infamous tales. From the swamps of Louisiana to the shores of the Carolinas, isolated communities of Appalachia, and the bloody battlefields and earliest settlements of Virginia. This is where ghost stories come alive. Grim secrets are exposed and mysteries. Well, you need to listen to find out. Join us now at southerngothicmedia.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you want a science podcast? No. What about a comedy science podcast? Oh, yeah! Then join us at Petri Dish. I'm Sean, a PhD and cancer researcher. And I'm Nathan, his trusty sidekick and common man slash biological brother. Together we dive into the latest, hottest topics with irreverent gusto. 
cannabinoids, climate change, human sexuality. Listen weekly everywhere podcasts are available to Petri Dish. And we're back. Did you meet up with any aliens during our break? No, just Tom Cruise. Oh, nice. Would you like to tell us about that experience? He just uh, jumped in and out real quick, so <laughs> it didn't really last long enough for me to say anything interesting. <laughs> Did he jump on your bed and proclaim Katie Holmes's love or his love for Katie Holmes? Yeah, even though they are they are no longer together. Oh, my bad. I think he's... <sighs> Shakira. He was just seen with Shakira. Oh, wow. At one of those like indie car races. So maybe it was, uh, you know what, he was professing his love for Shakira. He was doing another Days of Thunder or whatever, riding the cars <laughs> <Yeah>. or whatever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> did you blow up any bicycle inner tubes like your idiot brother? I did not. I didn't have enough time. Damn. <laughs> did you want to take a guess at what the Popo thought Miguel and Manuel were up to? <sighs> wow. Um, I've got nothing. I, I'm kind of curious. I'm curious too. First, let's talk about what they found in Miguel's workshop. They found tools and lead scraps that were used to make masks that both of the men were wearing when their bodies were found. The masks really are more like glasses. They look like what you would get if you gave a six-year-old scissors and told him to make you some glasses. You'll be able to see it in the episode art. So in case you, you're looking at the episode art and you're wondering what the hell you're looking at, it's Miguel and Manuel wearing the lead masks. Wonderful. Among the tools and scraps that they found was also a book with the words intense luminosity highlighted. So the cops assumed that was the reason for the glasses or masks as they are referred to. Remember the notebook that was found near the bodies? Yeah. It contained a bunch of letters and numbers. From what I read, it was a bit of a mystery for a while. Some conspiracy theorists thought that it contained cryptic messages, but they were later able to figure out that they were just part numbers for electronics that would have been consistent with the type of work both men did. One thing that wasn't consistent, however, was the note that told them to take the capsules that was found on one of the bodies. Authorities were able to compare the handwriting to other notes and papers found in Miguel's workshop and were able to determine that the handwriting on the note belonged to neither Miguel nor Manuel. Kind of weird, huh? So it seems like somebody gave them that note. Yeah. So uh, they basically contained Radio Shack uh, serial numbers. No, just kidding. <laughs> Something like that. Like, there was a theory that perhaps they were smuggling parts from other places. You know, maybe it was electronics or, or parts that they weren't allowed to have in Brazil, and they were part of a big a smuggling ring. That was one of the thoughts, but I didn't really see anything that suggested that they really went and followed that path to, to see if that was true or not. There's so many different conspiracy theories about this case. Everything is pretty much a speculation and conspiracy theories. Right, because they don't have anything set in stone. So, yeah, it's all a conspiracy. Every single answer is, is a conspiracy, basically. Exactly, which is what makes this so much fun to cover. Yeah, I love a good conspiracy theory. Me too. Speaking of the note, another common theory about the capsules was that perhaps they had overdosed on LSD, that they might have taken in order to make better contact with the extraterrestrial spirits. Today, I found out, however, stated that deaths from LSD are extremely rare. And when they do occur, it's usually when it's taken with alcohol, triggering a heart attack, stroke, or respiratory failure. There was no evidence the man drank anything but water before their deaths or at the time of their deaths. Hmm. Okay. 
Because they had um, heart failure, right? Yes, they said they died due to heart failure. Interesting. Okay. Either way, it appears that whatever was in those capsules might have been responsible for their deaths, whether it was intentional or unintentional. But the fact that they bought raincoats appeared to have the intention to return the bottle for their deposit and were wearing lead masks to protect their eyes from the intense luminosity suggests that their death might not have been intentional. Also, there were no signs of foul play, so it's not believed that they were murdered. What do you think? I mean, it sounds a little bit like um, like a cult, but just those two people. <laughs> it's giving me a little bit of those he the Heaven's Gate, Hales Bop, whatever, cult vibes. You know what? I thought the exact same thing, too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and in case you were wondering, because this was the next thing that I wondered, Miguel and Manuel were not the only men to die on a Brazilian hilltop. There was another man in 1962 named Hermes Luis Feitosa, who was found dead on Moro de Cruzeiro in Rio de Janeiro. Oh, I made a rhyme like Snoop Dogg. There you go. Would you like to take a guess, a gander, if you will, at what Hermes was wearing? A raincoat. No. Guess again. Oh, the goggle whatever mask thingy. That's right. He was wearing a lead mask. The crazy part is that Hermes pulled this shit four years before Miguel and Manuel. So as far as I could tell, he's the OG. But not much aside from that is known about him. So now that we have the boring stuff out of the way, let's talk about a few of the conspiracy theories. Senora Gracinda Barbosa Coutinho da Sosa, who was described <laughs> as being a society maven, which I'm guessing is like a Kardashian or something. Someone who's only famous for being around famous people. Or maybe she's one of those uh, ma madams, no? The madams that used to do those um, parlors. What are, what are they called? You know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, like a brothel? Yes, a brothel. That. Yeah, I don't know. I couldn't find a definition for the term society maven. So I'm guessing she was like a Kardashian. She's just a socialite. Yeah. Anyway, she claimed that on August 17th, 1966, the day Miguel and Manuel went up on the hill, her and her children had reportedly seen, quote, an oval-shaped object of an orangey color with a band of fire around its edges, sending out rays in all directions, hanging over the top of Moro do Vintem that rose and fell vertically for some three or four minutes. Apparently, after Senora Gracinda Barbosa Coutinho da Sosa reported that she had seen this, several other witnesses came forward as well. Because, of course, they would. Of course. They all had the same account, and they saw the same thing. I think I would jump on that bandwagon, too. I wouldn't want to feel FOMO. Yeah, I don't want to be... I don't want to feel excluded. Yeah. I want to be part of it. The second conspiracy theory revolves around Elcio Gomez, the chatty, lovable friend of Miguel and Manuel that the police interviewed. Apparently, he was a suspect for a while because Manuel's wife had told police that Elcio and her husband had gotten into a fight. Elcio had also told police stories that contradicted themselves, but was later ruled out as a suspect. I couldn't find why they ruled him out. Yeah, a lot of these uh, true crime podcasts that I listen to, they rule out all the suspects and they never have a reason. So I'm not surprised. Another man by the name of Hamilton Bessani had told police that he helped rob and kill Miguel and Manuel after meeting them at a spiritualism center. He claimed that an accomplice had even told him that they had killed them both by forcing the men to take the poison at gunpoint. The police, however, 
were not able to find anything to back up his claim. Yeah, like what poison? Probably the capsules. The capsules, but when they when they did the toxicology, they didn't find poison, right? Well, remember they didn't do the toxicology because the coroner was too busy to be bothered. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's true. I forgot about that. <laughs> he was too busy to do his job and, and do a toxicology report. That's right. He was getting a weekend visit from Tom Cruise. <laughs> that's right. And on the casual criminalists, apparently they were saying that Hamilton Bessani was actually in prison for 50 years for having done some other type of crime. I don't believe they mentioned what that crime was, but um, I guess the police thought that you know, I'm already in jail for 50 years, and I'll just go ahead and confess to this and kind of bring my name up into the headlines and kind of get famous a little bit because uh, I don't want to say this case was famous, but it was well known because it was such a mystery. Yeah, that happens a lot too. A lot of these uh, these people that are in jail or, well, I mean prison, sentenced for life or whatever, they'll uh, confess to crimes that they didn't do just to get some kind of nor notoriety. I I not sure why, but whatever. I guess they don't want to um, fade into the system and still have some kind of relevant re relevance. Relevance. Relevance? No, that sounds weird to me. No, relevance is right. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they want to be. They want to remain relevant. <laughs> and that makes sense. And if you're pretty much going to be in jail for the rest of your life, I mean, fuck, I would start confessing to. Like, I'd be like the fucking Minority Report and shit, and like admitting to crimes that haven't even occurred yet. Yeah, the only bad thing about that is that you're still not giving these families the closure that they're that they need, you know. But I, I guess I could see that if you, you're bored, you know, you have nothing better else to do. I mean, why not? I guess. No, you're very right. You're taking that away from the the families finding out who really killed their loved ones. Yeah. The casual criminalist also presented a theory that the explosion on Espiritu Santo Beach. The one that was felt for 15 kilometers and the fishermen reportedly saw a flying saucer fall into the ocean. According to this theory, the explosion actually killed the extraterrestrials in the flying saucer. So another group of aliens killed Manuel and Miguel as revenge. Kind of like the Sopranos if they were aliens. Yeah, and then what happened to the uh, alien bodies? I guess they took them with them? Well, maybe they're still in the ocean. Oh, or they just uh, burned to bits and they're just ashes now. I don't know. It's possible. Simon Whistler, the host of Casual Criminalist, gave this a 0% chance of being the reason that they died. <laughs> there is no way that happened. <laughs> Go away with those theories. Yeah, I, I thought that that was delightful, so I wanted to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, of course, there are like hundreds more conspiracy theories. These are just some of the more famous ones. What did you think? That last one sounds the most credible, right? Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. The aliens came down and uh, whatever got rid of the evidence and that's what happened. I don't know. I really think it has to do with the pills for sure. That's what I think, too. I really want to know about the first guy, though, that was like the OG. Oh, Hermes? Yeah, the OG guy. Yeah, I wonder if they did a toxicology report on him. Hopefully they didn't have the same bored and uh, lazy coroner. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm pretty sure it was the same coroner. And he was like, fuck that. I don't have time for this either. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. I don't even know who this guy is. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I first heard about this episode on Skeptoid back in 2014. 
and I had almost forgotten about it until I watched a video from Rainbot in November of 2022, and it reminded me how weird and crazy this case is, so I'll go ahead and link to both in the show notes. I didn't use either one as a, as a source, so maybe there might be something in those that I didn't cover, in case you all want to check it out. Yeah, definitely. Any final thoughts? No, no final thoughts here. Um, I'm just just waiting for the uh, Tom Cruise... Uh, for the Tom Cruise biopic? For him to make his little... Yeah, you know, I want to hear the um, conspiracy theory where Tom Cruise was involved somehow and John Travolta. Yeah, I think we'll be waiting on that for a while. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> on that high note, we hope that you enjoyed the show and you join us again next week. If you're enjoying the show, leave us a review, tell a friend, and subscribe wherever fine podcasts are sold. Yeah. Follow us on the socials at GreetingsTAC, email us at GreetingsTAC at gmail.com, or leave us a voicemail at 915-317-6669. If you have a story to share with us about your alien abduction, or about Tom Cruise and John Travolta, and the great blast. Or if you have ever blown up a bicycle in her tube. <laughs> <laughs> in Juarez. No, just kidding. <laughs>